Hello, and uh, welcome to what could be just a one-off episode of Kayla talking about romance novels because she never gets to talk about it because they always talk about anime on PNB. This is Whimsically Horny, my romance podcast, and I am your host, Kayla. I am a romance reader and an author. That's right. I wrote this stuff, too. Uh, with me today is... Diana Goodman. I'm Diana Goodman from 302010, and uh, this is... I've read my first romance novel, y'all. Just just yeah. now. Just <laughs> now. And it's me, Sarah, from 302010 as well, and I am a big reader, and a subset of the books that I read do include romance novels. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Romance novels are great. Oh. Uh, they do feelings. They do feelings, and also, too, I have very strong feelings about the romance community because for a very long time, they have held up traditional book publishing, basically. I mean, romance readers are loyal, they read a lot, and they buy books, and that is very important to keep publishing alive, and they've really <laughs> done their part over the years when I think book people were kind of scared traditional yeah, books are like, going oh, away. no, we're never going to... We're never going to survive. And then it's like romance is a billion dollar plus industry only in traditional. Mm -hmm. That does not include indie, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Indie is huge. And uh, yeah, like people scoff at it. But romance readers, we read hundreds of <laughs> books a year. Yeah. Hundreds. Um, and yeah. if a book takes longer than a few hours, it ain't doing what it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a it's not like a normal like gen lit or science fiction where you're really supposed to ponder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to be this. These books take care of you. Yeah. They have a structure. They follow that structure, and by the end, you're gonna get your happily ever after or happily for now because that that doesn't happen. That is not a romance, mm. and people will get pissed. Yeah. If you say that it is romance and they do not live happily after after at the end, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. they do not. I yeah. love I love subgenres because of the rules that they all have. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, and this is this, so this is a contemporary romance. We've read uh, Jen DeLuca's debut, Well Met. It is a nice, lighthearted ish mm -hmm. romp uh, through Renaissance uh, fair funness and i think it was just the sweetest thing ever uh so i of course wrangled diana and sarah <laughs> to read it with me because i made the boys and they were like i don't know i got halfway through yeah they were just like meh why did you kiss her like that and i was like you know what fuck you fuck <laughs> so you take some notes if you're asking why did he kiss her like that like <laughs> you may need to relook your Look at what you're doing here. You might have a yeah. conversation with your significant other. Yeah, yeah, yeah really? Yes, because some of them are about, to, a couple of them are about to get married oh, this dear. year. Let's get that. Uh, so let me, up. Yeah, I say, like, I mean, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, romance novels are really dumb. And now that I'm a grown-up killjoy feminist, like, I feel the need to defend them because things that women like exclusively or mostly just get shat on by everyone. Amen. Oh, yeah. And even though I think, well, I mean, we'll get into it. It's like romance novels can prop up some bad ideas about romance and gender. Mm -hmm. It's still just because just because chicks like it, it's for girls doesn't make it crap. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that people like it. Find out what that is. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's there's some reasons. Also, like romance, romance as a genre, it evolves quick. Yeah. Like what normal, like normal lit does in a decade, they do in a tenth of the time. <laughs> because most of those women are super fucking smart. Like yeah. most of them are lawyers and doctors and physicists or just, you know, some giant nerds who read a whole bunch of books. Yeah. And they will talk to you about it and they will school you. Like the amount of fun I have when Romance Landia schools a dude for doing something stupid <laughs> and then telling him that like when a guy goes into the Romance Landia and says says something dumb about women someone mm. something <laughs> something they will come at you they will they will go for the, they will go for the kill shot they do not care and it's it's amazing to see they'll do it I eloquently follow. with lots oh, of words because yeah. <laughs> they know them all <laughs> oh yeah. yeah they know words you're just like what word is that okay that's great yeah. thank you thank you for that word i have just learned today i follow some amazing romance authors um and they're doing the good works mm-hmm. Uh, I love them. I love being around them. I follow a lot of romance writers on Twitter, too, and and, uh, romance um, fiction podcasts, and I find them to be, like, very evolved, too, as far as, like, inclusion. Like, that is a big deal, I think, for a lot of contemporary um, romance writers, which is, again, like, something that the modern publishing world is still catching up to, uh, (laughs) which I find to be great honestly like kind of refreshing um so and i know that they are trying to always evolve and be even more inclusive more inclusive there was like a big dust up this year with the like romance writers of america and their like bylaws and stuff i followed that on i followed that on twitter i was like eating the popcorn like (laughs) as i was watching the (laughs) tweets because it was big and the thing is is that it wasn't anything new yeah like Things like, so I was a member of RWA for a year. Mm -hmm. I joined right before that nonsense happened. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to let this lapse. Yeah. Sorry. Because they talk, romance talks about inclusion, diversity, and stuff like that. But do they do it? Oh, well, okay. Not really. Okay. Like, indie will do it. Mm -hmm. Traditional publishing is just traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. If they will go for the Trident test, they'll say things like, oh, dark romance is over. No one's buying dark romance. I got some authors in my writer's group that mm-hmm. will tell you no because she, they are making money. People <laughs> are buying it, but traditional publishing is just afraid of it. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah. Oh. What, what girl, exactly I got is tea. dark romance? So dark romance, it's um, a little problematic. Some oh. darker themes. Mm. Um, you know, uh, if you want some really good dark romance, uh, Katie Robert, uh, is an amazing author. Uh, I know her, I write with her. <laughs> She's great, but also, um, she has some amazing, yeah. You know writing this down? down, making writing some notes. <laughs> Katie Robert, she, one of her biggest series is, um, villains and it's Disney villains. <gasps> oh. Yes. Yes, so her first book was Desperate Measures, which is Jasmine and Jafar. Ooh, la la. <laughs> and she, she has a book with Meg and Hades and Hercules. Okay, okay. I'm There's also it. a Hook and Tink one. Oh, jeez. There's also a Beast, a Gaston, and, and a Belle. Uh, and there's also one, 
There's also one for Sleeping Beauty and her queen, and then Ariel, Ursula, and Eric. And it's all set in, like, this town, like the city. Oh and they're God. all pretty much, like, mafia people, except <sighs> for Hades, who runs this sex club in the middle of it. It is hot <laughs> and kinky. And oh my god, girl, it is it is some it's hot stuff. And she's also doing one right now um, called Sabine Valley, where it's the take on the Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but they're all menages. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got morality chain romance, like enemies to lovers, friends to enemies to lovers. Ah. It's and then she's got one. She's got traditional coming out. Um, on a take on, it's called the Dark Olympus, but it's like the Greek, but it's all politics. It's not actual gods. Mm. Her first one's called um, Neon Gods, and it's Hades and Persephone. And mm. then the second one is Electric Idols, which is Eros and Psyche. And she's got like nine of those coming out too. This woman can write. Uh, she's got some amazing stuff. Oh uh, my gosh, um, I I just googled dark romance to see like what comes up and. There's like lists like the 20 best dark romances right now. And it's like, I, I just did a control F for kidnap. <laughs> it's yeah. like, they're all about kidnapping and abduction. And okay, abduction. so it's like, it's very things that are not. So there's a dumb sub element. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's kind of problematic if right. you really think about it. Like, no one would actually do this in real life. If right. they do, they're creepy as shit, and that's not okay. Romance has romance reasons. And that's um, that's the fun of kink, and that's the fun of these sorts of fantasies, is to be able to... Uh, that's why I love fiction so much, too, because, like, reading fiction, because it is the only art for, form, to me, that definitely puts you inside of another character, no pun intended, but, like, it puts you <laughs> in their brain in a way that, like, television, movies, you know, really can't do. Um, mm. And... And that's why it's such a fun medium for exploring sexuality because you can not only see what's going on like you would in like a traditional pornography, but also like f- know what the character is feeling while things are happening to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a- yeah, it really gets into like the very like the the meat <laughs> of, the, of the thing is you get to be either. So for some people, it's they like to put themselves mm-hmm as the main character. Um, and then some people just like to read the story of these two people or how many other people, because there's also something called reverse harem, which is one woman and many dudes. Yeah. That's Diana. That's Diana's pick, definitely, after our like, polygamy hello. discussion. Well, you know, yeah. and sometimes in reverse harems, it's not even like the dudes are doing each other. They're just doing the girl. Right. They don't cross, they don't cross swords. <laughs> uh, who doesn't love crosswords? It's all though? good, though. I mean, yeah, whatever. I know, right? I'm into it. <laughs> you know, and they have, to, and there's different heat levels. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there's closed door, and then there's full on, like, show everything explicit. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say clean and dirty because then that shames sex, and that's not cool. Yeah. So oh, I'd never say clean. I always say closed door. I love that. Or sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to read a sweet, sweet romance sometimes, mm-hmm. and sometimes. I just want a one-hander. <laughs> Is that why so many uh, romance novels are published as mass ma- market paperbacks? Because they're easy to hold with one hand. 
Yes. <laughs> that and, um, so you're thinking of like, I guess you're thinking about like category romances, mm-hmm. like Harlequin Desires and stuff like that. There's things that only happen like once a month, but they're very, they're very much like a soap opera, mm-hmm. but they're brilliant technically. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. they have a, they have a thing and like Naima Simone is one that's great. Robert and Covington, Reese Ryan, who I also write with, um, she's great. They're, they do, um, Category romances, mm-hmm. which are maybe like 40,000 words, like a hundred mm-hmm. and something pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can get into the meat of it super quick and they're masterful about it. There's no fucking around. Um, <laughs> nice. Until the fucking like around starts. Fucking around. And some of them you're like, fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are short because they need to, because yeah. romance, they're just short romances. But yeah, sometimes... There are some really hot, sexy books, like, by Sierra Simone, um, who's a super hot writer. Mm. And those books are pretty fucking meaty. Mm. Uh, And they Mm. take a bit, but they're really good about it. Uh, And they're kinky as shit. So, but yes, most of them are becoming our mass mass market, Mm -hmm. but some of them are not. Mm. Uh, And then some people just do e-books. Yeah. Because... There it is. It's right there on your phone, right mm-hmm. there in your Kindle or whatever, mm-hmm. and off you go. And you, there's even like the Kiss apps or Radish, which is a totally different market, and that's just online. Oh, that's wow. just an app on your phone. You pay these certain amounts of money, and you open chapters. And there's some readers that's all they get their books oh, from. Interesting. It's just stuff like that, and it's you know as an as a romance author. I love hearing about that shit because that may will make me money and make me quit my job. Well, it seems like um, another avenue to explore self-publishing, which is always great. Yeah. I mean, you can, there's so many different degrees of self-publishing that mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. You can do all yourself or you can invest in things like covers and editors and stuff like that, that you, you don't have to do with traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. Traditional publishing just takes it out of your hands, but also you don't really have ownership ownership Mm -hmm. of the item in its entirety like they pick most of the things and they're just like here you go this is what it is and go do your thing as as a copy editor i have to implore self-publishers to please get your friend who is an english major at bare minimum let someone else read your stuff before you publish it i beg you (laughs) yeah who do that no i've i've done that honestly as uh i mean not for romance i never read a romance novel but freelancing as a copy editor there's a lot of people they want you to read their dissertation or they want you to read their book that they're writing and the book that they're writing is usually harder because uh they hate every single suggestion that you make yeah and it's like guys then you don't want to be a writer because you need to be edited i'm sorry this was Mm -hmm. a sentence that went nowhere that made no sense and i had no idea who was talking i'm sorry and as an author you learn that you start learning it especially when you get it back from editors and you're like okay Okay, I gotta mm-hmm. fix this. And if you really want your stuff to be done right, you will take that. And, and romance authors, they know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good ones know it. Mm-hmm. Um, bad ones, they don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> but Jen DeLuca is a great romance author, mm-hmm. uh, as we will now talk about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's finally so, finally get to it. So let's get to the book of it. Yeah. So as someone who's never read a real romance novel before, um. I have like some things I kind of wonder like is this a thing of the genre or is this a thing of the book? Hmm. And a lot of them I think is the genre. Like Emily the main character 
kind of a blank. She's not very described. We just kind of know. Mm -hmm. We know she has an older sister and she's kind of short. Yeah, uh, and curly brown hair. And curly brown hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's, right. the, that's the genre. Should they sometimes Some authors will leave it vague mm-hmm. for the people to who are reading to insert themselves in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or fill in their own blanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like that that was one thing I noticed. I mean she definitely has like character traits. Like she has to help everybody often to her own detriment. That's like the theme of the book. But like I noticed that there was one point where she was like, I, you know, I had this shitty ex who like I ditched all my plans for him and then never says what those plans were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're leaving a big blank space for me to fill it in. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just bl- vague plans. I think she was yeah. like, she was getting her English degree, and he kind of sidelined it. Mm-hmm. Right. So now oh. she has most of an English degree. But then, what was she gonna do? Who knows? Be a lawyer's ah. wife. Yeah, I mean, be work in publishing. That is I, a very common women's literature job. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a publisher or a writer yes. or a chef or working or a baker. for a magazine. Oh yeah, yeah, that's also a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there are some fun ones where they're uh, like scientists and shit like that or winemakers. You know, mm-hmm. it just depends on oh. where you're going. Um, but yeah, it's very much the beginning of like her her life has ended uh, and now she has to start anew. And that is her going to help her sister who got into a car accident and she's not super close to her sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good 12 year difference. Like. As an only child, I have no idea about that. Mm. Um, See, I'm a, I'm a considerably older sister. There's seven years. And I yeah. guarantee that, yeah, I left the house. He was 11. What do we have in common? Nothing. Mm. So, yeah, yeah we on, we've only become close, uh, like, after he was at least a teenager because we could relate to each other more like adults. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that rung incredibly true to me. When she's like, she's my sister and I, I feel obligated to help her, but I kind of don't know her that well. Yeah. Yeah, my sister, there's eight years between me and my sister. She's younger than me. And, I mean, I've we always were close in a familial sense, but not in, like, now she's my best friend, like, and we are super close. But she's, like, graduated from college and stuff, you know, and she has a life. And, like, over the years, we've just been able to relate to each other more and more. And I think yeah. that was, like, very a very common thing that was part of the relationship in the book is that, yeah, now it makes sense that they're both adults now and they can like, I, I enjoyed seeing their relationship progress along the book as almost like a side plot or like a B plot, you know, where, you know, we also get to see this part of it, which is nice. Yeah. It's just not the one sided like romance. Right. Like they're, yeah. they're more full. I, she's a more fully evolved character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say something like that. Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, she drove me a little crazy sometimes uh, because she is neurotic as hell. Yeah. But, I mean, it, that was realistic in some ways. And in some ways, I felt like, because I've just admit, I listened to the audiobook, mm. And so every time I popped in my headphones and started listening to her getting neurotic again, I felt like I was getting a phone call from my friend who's full of drama <laughs> of like, calm down. Emily, calm down. No, Simon didn't do that to hurt you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It means nothing. It's a coincidence. Shut up. <laughs> and that's the thing with romance. Like, so a lot of people say, like, well, all their problems could just be solved if they just talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. But how <laughs> often does that actually happen? Ooh, <laughs> well, to that, relationships. But that I happens mean, in this book, which 
that was like my favorite thing was that she she gets the uh the fortune cookie that says ask the right questions mm -hmm. and that becomes her prompt to actually have the conversations that need having to straighten out the, like all the crazy neurosis going on in my head like why does this guy hate me i just moved some tables and he hates me i, I don't know what i did he makes me feel terrible and it's like just say also what is your problem yeah and also he looks great in leather pants yeah <laughs> also he's a sexy pirate yes and he's a sexy pirate yeah now uh let me ask you when you were reading the book dude how did you picture did you like when you're reading a book and you're like visualizing the characters are do you have like people that you put in there that like that's kind of their face like or you use like maybe like celebrities or something as like kind of a placeholder look for the person or because I'm trying to think of like who how I kind of pictured and honestly for Emily the main character I just like she was a blank slate to me and except for the like the curly uh, brown hair but for Simon I kind of pictured like or skinnier like more compact like uh Ningo Montoya from <laughs> yeah, young Mandy Patinkin is what You're I was picturing. You're just obsessed with Mandy Patinkin. He's just going to show up everywhere. I mean, I love him so much. <laughs> so, so Jen DeLuca actually kind of based, I, get, I think she kind of based him off the guy who plays Hook off of Once Upon a Time. Okay. Okay. Because oh. she'll, she posts him. And as an author, like, I do have like a board of, uh, especially like the books I'm writing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I know who the main characters look like. And they look like certain people mm -hmm. and they're actors because it helps me visualize how they are going, how their facial features are going to look in this scene, how they're moving their hand. And I do have it for the, for the female, but that's only just as a placeholder. Yeah. Like I don't expect, I don't expect everybody to think of this one actor when I place this character in this role. Like this is just a placeholder. Um, just to give the character, just to give the reader somebody. Mm -hmm. Because for the most part, sometimes it really irks me. Like a romance author would be like, oh, she has red hair. Mm. I don't have red hair. And I'm really tired of people saying they have red hair because red hair is very rare. Yes. <laughs> and it's mostly authors will kind of see themselves. Mm -hmm. So they'll be like, oh, she has brown hair or she's short. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are short. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of men are taller than us. So yeah. it always seems like all the heroes are super tall because I'm 5'3". <laughs> Anybody over 5'6 is taller than me and yeah. I have to look up at them. It's true. Uh, yeah, that was so, one thing I noticed that's like I realized I was making some assumptions because it's a small town in Maryland and realized, well, they describe people vaguely enough that like, you know, you can picture what you want, but also like there aren't really any racial signifiers mm -hmm. except I think someone's blonder, but... Every character could be black or Asian. There's kind of nothing stopping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. If I want to imagine that this is yeah, a black romance. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. He's got dark curly hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit more difficult for me because the cover of my book was two white figures, but they didn't have yeah. faces. They just were like two. It's an illustrated cover. Yeah. Uh, and that's becoming a lot more popular in romance because there aren't a lot of black mm -hmm. plus size disabled uh art models mm -hmm. mm. yeah so a lot of so there's a really good author named olivia Dade, and she's plus size and all of her heroines are plus size 
and she uses an amazing illustrator to illustrate her books. And it's very front-facing, like, the character in the story, the main character, the female, is plus size. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be her complaining about, like, oh, my new diet's not working, if only I were thinner. No, these women are plus size, they know they're plus size, they love their bodies, they do not give a a fuck. And the same thing goes with black romance. Like, black romance is black romance. And they will mark it as black romance, mm-hmm. not as urban, because that's different. Mm. Um, but like black romance is black characters. They say they're black. They're black. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what you're getting into when you read a ro- black romance. And I love black romance. Mm-hmm. Like they really hit things. And I, I love them to death. Um, Asian romance. I don't get to read a whole bunch of those. I like I would like to read more mm-hmm. Desi. Southeast Asian, you know, mm-hmm. Chinese, Japanese, Korean romance, but it's a very, it's just not in the American publishing, and I would mm-hmm. like to see more of that, especially through indie. But yeah, these characters are mostly going to be white. Yeah, yeah. In I this feel like book, the, and- the bottom line assumption: I'm mm-hmm. supposed to assume these guys are all white, but I realized mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot to make me think that. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I okay, yeah. Every everyone is uh, Vietnamese now. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I uh, did read, let's see, two years ago, maybe it was last year, The Kiss Quotient, which features Asian um, people, and then also The Bride Test, which I don't I, can't, I don't think I read that, but I think I'm on the wait list for it right now, and they both feature, I think, Asian. I know that The Kiss Quotient uh, features Asian main characters, and I'm pretty sure The Bride Test does as well. Um, yeah. And they're both great contemporary romance novels. And one, of, But one of the things I noticed about the cover of mine is that uh, this new trend, or I don't know how new it is, but I've just noticed it, of like the cover of romance novels not really indicating that it's a romance novel. And I could see a lot mm. of people picking up like a what they think is just like chick lit and then getting into the dirty parts and being like, oh no. And especially... <laughs> Especially for this one where the main storyline is about like a renaissance fair, you know, two people falling in love at a renaissance fair and there's like younger characters in it and the guy's a high school teacher. I could definitely see like a younger reader picking this up, not knowing what it was and then being pleasantly surprised maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, with the shower scene? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yes, okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. I sort of wrote, read, I wrote... I read my first romance. I think it was just erotica, though, because it was an Anne Rice uh, claiming Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty. Uh-huh. And that is some hot shit. That That's like BDSM. Sex. I remember that one. Those three books, I should not have read those at the age that I did. But I was like, oh, Anne Rice, Interview the Vampire. Mm-hmm. I love Interview the Vampire. I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be reading. Yes, I read all of the Anne Rice romance novel. Uh, they're not romance. All of them. Through middle and high school, mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, I read all of her books. And those Anne Reclare books are... Woo-hoo. They're they're erotica. Mm-hmm. There's erotic romance, and then there's erotica. And these are straight-up erotica. And then I read um, Amanda Quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those covers don't look like romance covers. Yeah. Well, they do, because they're a certain type of romance. Mm-hmm. Like... Different subgenres or niches will have different types of covers that indicate to them what type of book they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Med is a is a contemporary, so if the cover fits, um, because it wanted to appeal to a, a, a 
a larger audience. Mm -hmm. And because some people do kind of expect some um, sexy times in their romance novels. Like they know, like most people will know where to go for the clean stuff or for the sweet stuff, closed door, like my Amish secret baby or the (laughs) Amish billionaire. Oh my God. Amish (laughs) romance is huge. It is, it is wild. It's it's bananas. Yes. It's yes. bonkers. So let me just tell you, for my hometown, I went back to um, my hometown a couple weekends ago to help out at a used bookstore. The funds from the used bookstore they use to send books to incarcerated people. Um, and it's great. But they inherited, uh, like, the oldest used bookstore in Pensacola closed. And so they inherited all of their stock that they did not sell. And it was like... 80% like romance. It was like so much romance. And then they had like shelves and shelves and shelves of Amish roma- romance, which is like yeah. something it's I knew crazy. existed, but I did not know it was that popular. It was wild. <laughs> yeah. And most, yeah. So, so, why, so why Amish romance and not just from 300 years ago romance? Because now, it's sweet. Okay. It's a lot of feelings uh, and not a lot of expressions of those feelings a lot of longing and yearning and longing and yearning and churning (laughs) yeah those books have angst in them uh you know it's you know sometimes it's just like a good angst and then sometimes you just want to bang it out just for feelings i mean going back to well met um yeah, <laughs> I, it wasn't my favorite romance novel I ever read, but I do always love themes of longing and yearning, and I always love an enemies to lovers situation. And they're more like they annoy me, she annoys yeah, me. Why yeah. does he so annoy me? And then like, oh hello, it's because yes. you're in love. Yeah. It's because uh, no. you are attracted to each other. <laughs> no, this I I couldn't do it. I it was bugging me. It's like. He teases you because he likes you, the novel. <laughs> it's like, there really, there are a bunch of red flags for me with this guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it, it was like, I can't get to from enemies to lovers with him just because, like, she she says he makes her feel small. And that, like, oh, the way he's treating me reminds me of my shitty ex that dumped me and ruined everything. Like, but also, he has his own character arc in the story, so he's he, not always that way. Yeah, like he, he learns has, his lesson in the end, and that's he, also a journey for the well, for for the hero he, in romance. He says he does, but have you ever been around like a control freak? Yeah, he's like, but oh, was, babe, baby, I'll change. No, I can step back and let someone else run run the Ren Fair. And then there's like in the epilogue, I think there's just a sentence about like it was hard for him to drop the reins a little bit and like I'm just flashing back to my own bad relationships of like trying to talk someone down of like dude just leave it you said you said you weren't going to be micromanaging I'm a- it's okay she just moved the tables it's fine it's fine calm down and it's just like ah, ah bad flashbacks I gotta run away I think but that's also a- it kind of shows you for like men don't do feelings well have you like yeah like, really, like, do you expect a man to be like, you know, my brother's dead. I can live with it. Like, this is yeah. his legacy, no. but, you know, like, he, people just kind of fucked him over. Like, his parents were like, yeah, here's the house. Yeah. And he was yeah. expected just to have the house. Not like, you can sell the house if you want, you know. Like, yeah, they didn't that- tell him that. They just expected him to be like, I'm not going to stay in this house. But he was incredibly close to his brother. 
Because mm-hmm. younger son, younger brothers idolize their older brothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he he wanted to do kind of what his other his older brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that to this book because I really like it. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's and fine. the second book is great too. Um, I um, but but I also think too. I mean, that was a very common like trope is that like he was able to change with the love of a good woman, and I feel right. like that is like mm. a really big like trope. Trope sounds negative, but theme. Well, no, it's, I mean, romance authors use it. Trope, yeah. A trope is not a negative thing. Okay, good. A trope, a trope in romance is like, oh, no, there's only one bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. no, fake romance. Like, fake engagement. That's yes. a trope. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, right. I kind of love that, too. There's only one bed. We're snowed in. Um, the innkeeper only has one room and one giant bathtub. There's no yeah. divider before the bathtub, so I have to hold up a blanket and not look. <laughs> well, I, I read yeah. a lot of like Victorian era. I don't know what what is Sarah Regency. Mc- yeah, yeah. Sarah McLean is Regency. Yes, that's the type um, I read a lot of. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of corsets. <laughs> a lot of corsets. Nice. Um, yeah, the tropes are not a bad thing. Tropes just indicate like what's in the book like mm-hmm. some authors will just advertise on twitter like the links to their books and then what the tropes are oh that's cool <laughs> you like your stern brunch daddy here's your stern brunch daddy Wait, uh, he will make sure stern? that you don't run out <laughs> sir okay so stern brunch daddy is a man who will make sure you will never run out of mimosas at brunch but also will give you a, a pearl necklace and rail you like you wanted it um <laughs> that is the stern brunch daddy uh, okay. There's cinnamon roll heroes, which are you know they're com- they're the loving, soft heroes that will take care of you. Simon mm. is not one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people like that in in romance novels, and they're called cinnamon rolls. Um, but yes, there's I also love learning terminology for things. I love there's it. also danger banging, Ooh, which oh no right. danger we have uh-huh. to bang. Oh my god, like, that is. Yep. To me, the most unrealistic one. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a really good book called Whiteout by Adriana Anders. I think is what her name is, mm-hmm. and it's a danger bang book. Like, and it's it's really good. It's set in Antarctica. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah, they're research like they're research and a cook. Ooh, and they have like there's like the virus or something like that, and they have to go across Antarctica in the wintertime. And there is a scene where they're in this little camp shed thing and they just danger it's called danger banging that is so funny because that is could not be more opposite than like my personal experience where if i feel like there's danger that is like just gotta get those dangers we're in danger we have to bang yeah that is so Uh, funny oh my god you know it's you know tropes tropes aren't bad Mm. tropes are not a bad thing i know for tv and other mediums like Mm. oh no it's a trope but in romance, mm. it tells you what is in there because if you like that sort of thing, you go to it. Well, but if you don't like, if you don't like that trope, be like, "This is a, I don't like this thing. Yeah. Like this triggers me, and I'm not going to read it." Like was, no thing. That was a, a question. Another question I had about the entire genre because we know where this is going. Is knowing where the book is going part of the enjoyment? Yes. So because romance but, will take care of you. And so is, that is it that, that security or is it just, I was also thinking, is it knowing something that the characters don't know? Hmm. Because like, be, but also, but also it's like, just they're because, clashing like, and know. fighting and you're like, oh, you're going to fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Like we know where this is going. Like, but also like 
how they get there is also thing. Like, how are these two dipshits are gonna like? How are these two dinglings gonna fall in love? Like, right. what really just can you? And you kind of just think about it, and you're just like, just kiss. Yeah. You just want to grab their heads together, and just smush, and be like, I know you two like each other. Just kiss. Just kiss already. <laughs> you know, and that's what we talk about in our in my writers group is how are these two dipshits gonna fall in love? Mm. And or how are they gonna get past their the the dark night of the soul mm. right. uh and who doesn't love a good grovel mm. like simon did a really good grovel there mm. uh at the end mm-hmm. like he groveled mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need a good grovel like you need to get on your knees you need to show me yeah show me that you are committed to this yeah. and you know a grovel is a is a, a good grovel is a good grovel and that was a good grovel to me like i can handle a good grovel um all right. A shitty grovel I, I can't I want to keep being a contrarian because little things are just crazy. Go for it. You can be a contrarian to this. It's fine. Um, I I hate anything that involves putting someone on the spot in front of a bunch of people. Ooh, that kind of made me uncomfortable too, actually. That part I and, did not and love. And that happens. That's like the entire book. Like everyone, because it's a small town, so everyone's up in each other's businesses. Yeah. But they're also you know, coordinating to, you know, like set people up so that they can have the big grovel scene. And what one thing I did, like I did get like a real legit laugh out of because everyone's so up in each other's business. They all know Simon's backstory and why he is the way he is. And they keep starting to tell Emily and trailing off. <laughs> it's true. And it, and it happens enough times that she literally says, what tragic backstory am I missing here? <laughs> And I laughed so hard. <laughs> it is very much the character being like, like Come. there's something up. Yeah, there's something yeah. Right already. Like, yeah. Everyone knows him. Weird. They've known him since he's a kid. And they're like, oh, well, he used to be a lot of fun until. But here's the thing with the romance is you can, you can, you can see that it's problematic, mm-hmm. mm. but just let it go. It's romance reasons. We just say romance reasons. Romance reasons. You're suspending it, Mm. and you're letting it do its job, and you're enjoying the show. Mm. This isn't fucking Jurassic. This isn't Jurassic Park. This isn't a fucking thesis on string theory. This is a romance novel, and why romance novels do amazing things with social commentary and everything else. Like sometimes you're just gonna be like, I need to enjoy this for the fucking enjoyment of it because something weird and dumb and adorable is going to fucking happen. And you know what? Happily ever after. And that is what romance is, is happily ever after. Maybe yeah, not ha- I, Did you think- I know, and for some people, it's not mm-hmm. like, it's like, Argh. I had this like sneaking, sneaking suspicion too throughout the book that like somehow maybe her sister and Simon had been involved because like the sister hmm. was not a huge part of the book and she kept- being like, oh, I don't really know anyone in this town. Like, I, blah, blah, blah. I just don't know about this, don't know about that. But, I mean, that was, like, her town for a while. So I was thinking, like, I wonder if, like, maybe that's why Simon's so weird to her. I don't know. I just, I had this, like, suspicion oh. that that's what was going on. It should have been an interesting twist, certainly, to be Eskimo sisters with your own sister. But, like, <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of kept feeling like that was going to come up. I did love all the scenes between... Um, Emily and Chris, the woman who owned the bookstore, and like that mm-hmm. whole development of like the business and everything. Like, I really thought that was like a really sweet part of the story, also because there were two characters there, Emily and Chris, who were like finding what they needed from the other person. And you know, mm-hmm. I love friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, really? Yeah, I really like that. 
Yeah, Chris is great. Um, she's very much like the the stepping, mm-hmm. like, this is your spot now. I pictured her as a Blythe Danner type. Hmm. With shorter hair. Yeah. I pictured her kind of the same way, but with, like, short gray hair. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a social studies teacher in sixth grade, and that's pretty much who I thought she looked like. I was like, oh, yeah, this is Miss Procopia. She's rad. Um... And yep. Stacy was good too, because you like oh. I've been an Emily, like an outsider mm-hmm. just popping in, mm-hmm. and then somebody's just like, "We're friends," <laughs> <laughs> and like we are now friends. Oh yeah, uh, and I've also done that yeah. to people too. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you're mine now, and I'm just gonna you're gonna be with me. We're gonna be friends. Yeah. Like, let's go have a drink because it looks like you've had a shitty day. Like, I've been yeah. both of those people, and it's really nice to see like. A girl who actually just goes in and is like, mm-hmm. hey, you, you're new. I like you. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. be friends. Yeah. Me, you, yeah. best friends. Let's do this. Because in, in adulting, it's really hard to make friends yes. as adults. Mm-hmm. Be a Stacey. Like, yeah. People are like, how do you be friends in adulthood? It's like, hard, man. How do you, it's not like in a playground where you go like, hey, you want to play uh, He-Man with me? Yeah? Right. Cool. Let's best play friends. Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers. Right? No, it's more like, oh, you like this thing. Oh, this, this today sucked, huh? Yeah, it sucked for you too. Yeah, let's go get a beer mm. and let's considerate. Mm-hmm. Or just yep. like, oh, you're part of this too and I need to be your friend. And that's yeah. what Stacy is. Stacy's just like the thing. And she has her own book called Well Played. Mm. And it really, it, she, and for her, like in that book, she is kind of stuck at home. Mm. Like mm. her, I'll tell her about the book. Um mm. She she was going to be a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. And she had this internship to go be a fashion designer. And her dad has a major health crisis. So she decides to stay home to take care of her dad and her and help her mom out. And she's just kind of stuck there. Mm. She's just kind of stuck there, kind of stuck in her place. And she hates it. Just like Simon. Just like Simon. <laughs> And there's an interaction with her and Simon where Simon's like, oh, wenches don't have that sort of thing. And she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I am going to buy this thing. And because the fair life is kind of like all I have Mm. outside Mm. of my job. And she has this fling with one of the traveling troubadour groups with like the hot one, of course, who is a ginormous himbo. Ooh. Who just <laughs> is life of the party, just let's bang everywhere. Got a woman in every fair. <laughs> a wench in every tavern. Yeah, she's got a he's got a wench in every every fair. And it's and it's pretty much like her thinking she's like talking to the himbo, but she's actually conversing with like the cousin who's the quiet type and kind of the nerd. And they get to know each other, and then she finds out that she wasn't actually talking to the himbo. She was talking to him. <gasps> a Cyrano de Bergerac situation. Yeah, type of thing. He's like, he's like, no, my my cousin wanted me to get rid of you, but I actually really like you. Like he had a crush on her, but he couldn't figure out how to like say he had, like he liked uh-huh. her because she was so attached to his cousin. Oh, and it all works out in the end. Like Himbo's- they work, they. At the end, she moves out of her parents' house and she just travels with the family troubadour business. And she loves it. Like, hmm. she she does merch and stuff like that. She really finds her place at the end. You know, love. She has a cat. The cat goes with in a, in a camper. <laughs> Thank God. 
Yeah, right? No, don't leave the cat there. Um, but it, it's more like misunderstandings because of romance reasons. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, how many times I haven't actually communicated to my boyfriend things that I want and then I figure out, like, well, I'm a dumb dumb and I should just say so. Yeah. Like, it, it happens to relationships mm-hmm. because people are just afraid to say something. Yeah. So, I feel like yeah. I identify, I think, more with a character or heroine because I read a lot of books where they're more characterized as heroines because they wear a corset or whatever, um, who are like fiery, like, don't tell me what to do types, you know? And then, <laughs> but then they really do like to be told what to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there were so many times where I was like, oh my God, girl, like learn how to flirt. This Learn how to mm. read a room. Like this guy obviously is like into you. Come on, like get into it, girl. But she was always like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's just, yeah. like, not my oh. a heroine I see myself in. I don't know if um, either of y'all read anything by Sally Rooney. She did Normal People and, um, oh, gosh, Conversations with Friends, uh, like, two years ago. Nope. But those nope. those aren't romance novels, but they are, like, literary fiction. And they both are full of people who, like, would not tell each other what they wanted. And it was driving me crazy. Uh, I just, like, say it, man, say it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was uh, ended up being a big part of my my feelings about the book is the, the my own past trauma mm. because I have been someone who was with a guy who didn't treat me well and I thought if I just try harder and love him more everything will work out. This is all my fault and I have to try harder and I know, girl, you can't fix him. Run, run. It's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was in the same thing. Um, if you see pictures from me from three years ago to where I am now, there's 30 pounds difference. Um, (laughs) so I thought I could be the perfect, cause he was like my first relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, like as me, I, yeah, I can, not, I can fix him, but I can support him and I can, you know, I can. And then I was also very much. You know, there's trauma at the back there, too. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I tell people, yeah, my boyfriend my boyfriend was emotionally abusive. Yep. yep. Made me feel yep. like I shit. I, was the, yep. I wasted my fucking hot years on that asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the worst. You know, I'm, I'm not so, you know, I've gained 30 pounds, but I'm, I'm fucking happy. Yeah. And I can still, yeah. I can still pull in the hot ones. You gained uh, 30 pounds, but you lost 180 of pure uselessness. That is exactly so. what That's I true. was going to say. Down to the 180. <laughs> that was the, I was no like, way. what is a man weigh? Like 180? Uh, 150. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, like, so I get where Emily's coming from. Like, mm-hmm. I should have said something and I was mm-hmm. neurotic and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I wasn't. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um yep. Yeah, I like when she they, she she nuts up and is like, no, yeah. we're talking. Yeah. We're yeah. talking like grownups. What is your deal? Yeah. Okay, I have a question about the actual sex scenes parts of it, the sexy parts of it. So mm-hmm. okay. when I first started reading, <laughs> not like, my question isn't like, so what oh, is no sex? sex work? <laughs> <laughs> what is involved with sex? Because I'm still confused. No. Um, when I first started reading romance novels just like a couple of years ago, I was very pleasantly surprised by the amount of men performing oral sex on women mm. and not a lot of like P and V type of set like there is some of that but almost yeah. every book i've read has at least one or two scenes of a great 
well-written, wonderful scenes of a man going down on a woman. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Is that like just kind of like a A hero taking care of a heroine? Yeah. Yes. It's, I love mm-hmm. it. I think that that who who would want to read a romance novel where the guy uh, does bad oral? It's true. Who does it? Who no. does it? Yeah, I just like, the fact that oral was like part of the thing, the the like the storyline, just always. I don't know. It's a pleasant surprise. He, Wasn't expecting it. Look, uh, but now in my, I expect my whole phase. <laughs> yeah. hmm? My whole phase. There were a lot of men who really liked going down on women. Uh-huh. So in my whole phase, I got some really good oral sex. Sorry for ever listening to this. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, great. But like, that's the thing. Like the men are taking care of the women. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense because who's reading this? You know, like obviously. It's women. Exactly. Well, I mean, there are men who read romance novels too. And I know, I know, I know quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and they, they also like, they get the feeling thing. Yeah. They get Mm -hmm. The, the taking care of thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Well, and, you know, some men should read some parts of romance novels and leave some other parts alone. <laughs> fair. A hundred percent fair. Because most men yeah. are like, well, what do women want? And mm-hmm. you just want to, like, hold up a book and be like, please read. Yes. Mm-hmm. Take and, notes. And please read. Don't watch the Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah. movie. And don't watch. No. Yeah. Don't watch that. Never watch that. Um, don't watch yeah. that. It's terrible. Yeah. No, I've, I mean, as I have some complaints about the writing like over the whole book I mean, she comes back to the same phrases like a couple times uh, you know she's always drawing in a breath and something is like the sun coming out like that happened so many times that i was think oh, it became a drinking game with me uh so much so that i was at the hardware store the other day while i was finishing listening to the book and i didn't realize i said it out loud so there was a moment at the hardware store where i was staring at a bunch of succulents and all of a sudden i yelled drink um, but as much it's as funny I like that you were saying that to that, succulents not a plant exactly. that is super like, into the water like drink yeah. come and on that, someone's like, smile is this, like the sun coming out this woman does not understand succulents someone needs to explain to her that's not their deal they yeah. don't actually need to drink that much more later I know it's the only plant I can keep alive. That's why I was I was getting tough. But um, can't even keep cyclones alive. I, I thought, but I did actually really like the the sex scene. I thought it was really well done because it was like, it it was sort of hitting all those boxes of like this is what perfect sex would be mm-hmm. like. Where it's like mm-hmm. there is a ton of foreplay. There is a ton of him saying like I want you, I need you, mm-hmm. you feel so good. Mm-hmm. Immediately like see into her needs. Like my needs mean nothing to me because you're so amazing. It's like. Right, and yeah, I've, this is pretty good. I've wanted this for so long. Oh, that is like yeah. such a great. Feel. <laughs> That's just a great feeling, honestly. Like to be told, I wanted you for yes. so long. Yeah. Like yes, thank you. Yeah. Great, mm-hmm. great. Yes, thank you. I mean, like, that's that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like the kiss in the bar where he finally just fucking smooches her. The boys were like, so he just assaulted her in the bar. It's like no, he didn't, sweetie. Yeah. Like he just holds her face in his hands and just kisses her. And I was like, yeah. Women kind of want that, dude. But, <laughs> like you know when what? a man really when she really likes a man and the man really likes her, like, yes, yeah, some days you yeah. just want to do to just Yeah, so I can't control myself anymore because you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. like, um I, got I don't that. Good on the guys. Good on the guys for even thinking in that direction, though, of consent. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Keep that up, guys. Let's start 
putting that lens on a lot more things, but yes, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, and oh, there are I, some things where like authors will have phrases. Oh yeah, there's yeah. only so I many understand. times you can say something. It's true. Like you've got fifty thousand words. How often can you change yep. up the word "said"? Mm-hmm. Said is yeah. fine. Yeah, we everybody uses "said." Said's great. Yeah, when, but sometimes you words just... are not the problem. I mean, I guess it's phrases, and it's like the first couple times it was like, "Oh, that's a nice simile," and then it was like, mm. "Happens a lot." Mm. One of the things we can, we can switch this up. Like it's like the heat coming off an oven instead of the light of the sun. I don't know. Do hot get up. a horse. Well, <laughs> some people only think certain ways. Like I always mm. think that you know, watching my boyfriend walk into a room is like you know, seeing the best thing I've ever seen over and over and over again. <laughs> Eating a really or, good ice cream sandwich. That's kind of yeah. the way I go to. <laughs> drinking drinking some whiskey, man. The the nice burn of a good whiskey, Ooh, mellow and warm, mm. and just hits you in the right way. Yeah, I'm out of whiskey. Yeah. It sucks. That's great. Um, yeah. No, one of the things that Sarah McLean always uses in her novels is uh, she fell to pieces, and that's like her orgasm. Her orgasm. Oh. She fell to oh, pieces, have, and I'm always like, Have you read the the Daring and the Duke? Yes. Where he he constantly thinks of himself as her throne. Yes. <laughs> And it's the fun so thing good. that Sarah does is that she takes a myth and she kind of like messes with it. Mm-hmm. Like the last book is, um, ha- it's a queen and Apollo. Okay. And uh, Apollo tries to seduce this woman and she, she, no- she says no. Mm-hmm. So he makes her like a queen of a, a nation. Mm-hmm. And that's how like, like he, he's giving her the, this, this kingdom, like she has a kingdom now. Mm-hmm. So the hero always thinks of himself as the throne. And I was like, really? Like, they're banging and you're, he's thinking that he's her throne. Great. Okay. She's the queen. Great. Because it's like childhood f- friends to enemies to lovers. Ooh, and, I like that. Yeah. Daring the Duke is great. It's the third book of her. Um, the Bare Knuckle Bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yep. <laughs> I, I was so I read the series. I don't know if I got through all of them, but the ones where like all the puns were like, or all the titles were puns, like Scott in the Dark, and she constantly does that. Yes, her first I loved book it. was nine. This is literally shit. Like this was the fake. It was the fake title. Was nine rules to break when romancing a rake, and they're like, this is the title. Mm. <laughs> and so Sarah McLean just and she she writes slow. Yeah. Words are hard for her. Um, but all of them will have like never judge a lady by her cover. Yeah, or like it's one of them. Uh, the rogue less taken. Or the rogue less taken. <laughs> I a, loved it. A Scott in the dark. I, is yeah. that one of hers? Oh, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Scott in the dark was the last one I read. Romance raw, especially like romance, like historical Regency romance, yes. will always have fun pun. Yeah. Um, there's an author called, uh, Ava Lay, and she just wrote a three book series called Union of the Rakes. Mm. And they're all based of like, on like John Hughes movies. Like the first scene, oh like where the, where the, the heroes first meet each other is a playoff of, um, The Breakfast Club. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and then like. Yeah, they're really, it's really, like, one of them is, um, is, they're two scientists, mm-hmm. 
the last one is about the Scottish guy, and it's more like it's a play on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my god! <laughs> with like the second one is the play off of Working Girl. Yeah, and they're all amazing. They're- oh my god! Okay, I just wait. You said it's called Union Union of the Race. Union of the Race. Okay. Uh, and I knew her as Zoe Archer, which is what she first started. I think she first started publishing under. Mm-hmm. Um, she's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it down. Yeah, and also super hot and kinky. Mm. Um, <laughs> Have you read any of Stacey Abrams' books? No, I haven't. I haven't either, I but to. I need to. They're I on my TV red pile. I love the fact that she writes romance like under a pseudonym. I had no idea. You didn't know? What? Oh my god. No. Yes, Stacey Abrams has written several romance novels under a pseudonym. Yep. I can't remember what the pseudonym is off the top of my head. She's also written like several nonfiction books about like politics and, and like smart things. So <laughs> is there anything this woman can't do? No. Yeah. How do people have the time? I never understood. Uh, I look, wish I had time and energy. I have I have energy, energy is pushing it. Um Selena Montgomery. That's Thank you, it. Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Robert's in the background. Do you want to say anything, Robert? Or are you just going to be... Oh, he's at work, aren't you? You're probably working. All good? Okay, <laughs> All good. <laughs> I'm just listening in and trying not to, not to butt in a bit because uh, there was a little bit of a uh, slander when you were mentioning about like how we didn't no, fully read the books. Because I was I the, only the only one who finished. Just, yes. just to sort out there. Some of the boys got halfway through uh-huh, uh-huh. and then Robert read it all. That is, that, uh, that is yes, true. Yes, Robert just read it. throwing that out there. I'll go okay, back to my cave. Great. Thanks, okay. Robert. <laughs> uh, I would say the audiobook is actually really good. The uh, the reader is Brittany Presley, and she does a really good job with accents because there's a bunch of accents. She differentiates everyone's voice really well. Uh, I was actually like really impressed because oh, wow. so so many audiobooks, you know, I feel like they're just reading you the book, and she was really like acting it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. I recommend that part. I, I, I used to try audiobooks a long time ago, but hearing sometimes the people talk, I get really pissed off. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Like, I'm like, why are you saying this shit? It's so bad. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's actually it's just because she's acting out the character and it's an actual person doing a voice of this character. I really just don't like this book. <laughs> like... You like it enrages me, and I'm like, you dummies, like you dummies, just talk yeah. to each other, dummies. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. instead of reading it where I can kind of, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a barrier, and you can put and it down. I can use my own voices. Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah. listening to someone speak, I'm just like, y'all are all stupid, and I hate this novel. But yeah. it's really a novel I, mean, I really love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's benefits and drawbacks to both. Like I said, the you know, putting it down while she's being neurotic and then picking it up while she's being neurotic later and being like, oh, you're still on this? Oh, my God. It's like, I feel like I'm just getting a phone call from someone being neurotic. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, no, you're, it's a book. Let her finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just it's go going 30 somewhere. seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 <laughs> seconds. Are you done yet? 30 seconds, 30 seconds. <laughs> there, there was a little bit of speeding up. You know, I'm just used to listening to things at one and a half speed now. That's mm. how I just listen to podcasts. So it was like, I could, I could go up to like 1.3, 1.4. Let's just, let's go. <laughs> yeah, if I if I find something that's kind of like, 
I don't like this. I'll I'll fast. I'll just skip pages because mm-hmm. no one. Mm-hmm. I, it, they're not gonna get mad about that. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> no, they don't care. Yeah, but like, no author is gonna be like, "How dare you miss this part of this scene that I wrote? That's emotionally charged and a part of the story." Mm. They're never gonna say that. They're gonna be like, "Trigger warning." <laughs> There's some of this, and then you'd be like, "All right, cool." Mm-hmm. Like, and someone will actually, you know, if it's like a not like a Kindle, they'll have like highlights and stuff like that, and sometimes they'll put like. Uh, warning. That's cool. <laughs> right here is where this is going to happen. You're like, ooh. It's good to know. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Or you just feel like this is dumb. Everybody's acting stupid mm-hmm. and I need to fast forward this book a little bit because I'm going to do not finish this. <laughs> I'm going to DNF this book and I'm going to put it down. And I've done that a few times. Oh, yeah. Where it's... I'm like, this author is supposed to be pretty great, but man... I cannot. It's painful mm. to DNF, but I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've become more comfortable doing it because my time on this earth is growing shorter and shorter. Um, but one time I remember when I was a small child, this I remember very clearly this woman on Good Morning America, she was like talking about reading. She was very old. And she said that her rule was to take your age and subtract it from 100 and the number that you get is the amount of pages that you should give a book before you put it down. And I always thought that was like a pretty good way to measure it. Because hmm. like as you get older, you just don't have that kind of time. So it needs to be faster. <laughs> but like when you're younger, you can give it more time. And oppositely, like authors only have so many pages to hook you. It's true. And they yeah. know it. And they and you know, a lot of authors try really hard within those first yeah, you know, certain pages to hook you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's to the detriment mm-hmm. of like, they call it the third act slog. Mm-hmm. Where you just like, the third, like you've getting off the high and then bleh. Yeah. And it just kind of gets kind of sloppy and messy. Yeah. Because like, they're trying to like do all this amazing stuff in the beginning and then they just kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. And as a horror author, like I get it. That's hard. Like I have whole bunch of trouble with that third act um i'm stuck yeah. on a third act on a book right now and i'm like how because i'm at the part where i'm supposed to like make them go away like the dark night of the soul like here's the big conflict mm-hmm. and i really right now i'm just stuck in like okay well when is the time when this is gonna happen mm-hmm. or what is this part gonna happen where they it it actually makes sense because it's really hard. Like we really love to read the part where they're getting together and they say they love each other or they mm-hmm. have their first sex thing and you're like, this is the best. And then yep. boom, you got to like crash it down to the ground mm-hmm. to build it back up again. And you're like, how the fuck do I do this to make it? There's a lot of authors who have problems with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. I find that for me, one of the, things that I hate most about reading is starting books because I'm like shit I gotta learn all these people's names and who they are (laughs) and how they're related to each other and this is work and then you know I get like hopefully I'm like two or three page like chapters in I'm like all right I finally figured out who's everybody's name is but it's sometimes difficult especially when you read a lot of like high fantasy and stuff everybody's name sounds exactly the same yeah thankfully a lot of them have the like appendix in the back Oh, I have very bad spatial, like, uh, awareness. Like, yes, but more like imagination. Like, I get 
I am very bad at like knowing where I am, like in a city or whatever. And so when people describe like what a house looks like or like where they are in a city, like in a book, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like I usually just like, I don't even pay attention to that because I'm like, I don't know what your foyer, how that's related to the rest of your house. Like it's just a part of my brain that doesn't work very well. So that those kinds of descriptions usually lose me, especially at the beginning of novels. I'm just not going to mm. do this. <laughs> too much There's work. a really good author called Mila Bain, and she has, um, it's a, it's a fantasy romance, mm-hmm. but it's dark fantasy romance Ooh. called, um, a touch of blood and ashes. Ooh. I want to say what it is. Okay. Or a heart of blood and ashes. Girl, you need, if these books are great, let me, yeah, write it down. Yes. Mila Bain. Um, she's gotten three books out already. Um, mostly I don't do long ass fantasy novels anymore because mm. I just don't have time to invest in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could not put those books down. Ooh, I love it. They are 600 pages. I love it. I'm Ooh. into it. But, and it, like there's, um, blood hand job. A Ooh. bloody hand job is one of them. Okay. Oh. Uh, I will bring you the heads of your enemies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Always and, a turn on. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Like, <laughs> yep. I, you cannot kill him, so I will do it for you. Okay. Uh, is, yeah, those two, yes, that book is great. Okay. The second book, I'm halfway through and I kind of accidentally forgot I had it yeah. for a bit. It happens. So I need to put back in it. Yeah. But yeah, like, this book is not that. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice little romp. Yeah. Hmm. It's a nice little romp. I mean, it really Sometimes made me want to go to a Ren. Yeah, I really wanted to go to a Ren fair, honestly. Like I was, I like, missed, yeah. I missed a Ren fair. Yeah, I'm, yeah. She's like, oh, I haven't been to a Ren fair in like two or three years, and because of the Pamela Ding Dong that's going on, mm-hmm. like we didn't have one last year. Maybe we'll have one this year. Although, Who knows? to be honest, like if you're going to a Ren fair, having a plague is pretty on brand. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, you know. Um, it's a whole bunch yeah. of plague doctors walking around. Yes. Oh my god. In like the odd and end Star Trek uniform. Yeah. Who, who doesn't like to see a good Klingon just walking around? It's true. It's oh, true. I want to go as a plague victim. That's I'm just gonna be wearing rags. And, like my face will be like gray. Just like, <laughs> just like have Michael. Just, just have just have Michael just have a little cart and put you in it. Yeah. And he just dresses like a friar. He's bringing out the good. dead. He's bringing yeah. out the dead, and be like, hey. and then you don't actually have to walk. That's true. Right around in the cart, ate a big turkey leg. Yeah, <laughs> and cough into a hanky. <laughs> oh yeah, with with some like ketchup on it. So I can be like, oh no, the consumption. I don't know. I think the I'm mixing up all my time periods. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in Victorian yeah, times. I don't, I don't really think they thought about consumption no, back then. It was yet. more about wait, like wait a couple hundred years. Your bile's. <laughs> Mm. The shaking, the shaking sickness. Yes, yes. The sweating sickness, that it is. That's there it is. The sweating, sweating sickness. sickness. Yep. Um, yep. I'm covered in boobos again. Ah, oh, <laughs> damn it. Oh, goodness. Yeah, bring a bunch of, like, rubber rats and throw them at people. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's historical. It's historical. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Get you know, a I mean, pirate was, day. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, I mean, I've been, I've been pretty rough on this book, but that was... I was trying to think it was reminding me of something that was also about like people acting and it was like 
I was trying to think, wait, this doesn't come up from a Shakespeare play. Is she being like incredibly clever with us? I don't think so. Maybe I'm just thinking of Shakespeare in love. I don't know. The idea I mean, of, she does like, talk about Shakespeare. Like she's like, like oh, there should be multiple yeah. Shakespeare's just fucking around in the fair. Yeah, we'll have and a girl of Oxford here. Yeah. We'll have a Charles, <laughs> Christopher Marlowe here. Yeah, yeah, yeah and was, even the even the, the niece is just like, so Shakespeare love, and she's like, mm -mm, that's that's just fiction. <laughs> like, yeah. never really happened, baby. And she's like, I'm oh, okay. to, I'm, why am I? St I'm stuck trying to think of like people who don't get along when they're themselves, but get along when they're uh, in character. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. It fits the bill. <laughs> but yeah, the only thing yeah, I can think I'm of at the moment. Yeah, I feel like there's something really specific and I'm just completely blanking on it. Mm. But it's like, yeah, that was cute. The idea of her like, well, who am I going to get today? Am I going to get like the tight ass or the sexy pirate? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, he's being a tight ass. Yeah. Damn it. I want to nail the pirate. I feel like <laughs> I'm glad to hear that Mitch's character gets explored in later books because I feel like he kind of got short shrift, you know, as like, yeah, he's just a good time, Charlie. He's just trying to make sure yeah. everybody's having a good time. I don't. He's just a retriever in human form. Yes, everybody. Yeah. Needs he's a himbo. Every, he's a himbo. Everybody a himbo. needs a good time, Charlie, in their life. You know, so yeah. he's yeah. gonna get you out on the dance floor at a wedding. He's gonna mm -hmm. be the first one up at karaoke. You and know? he knows it too. He knows yes. what he looks like. He's okay with it. He's okay with himself. He understands exactly who he is, and he's enjoying himself. But also, he's not a he's jerk. Not a terrible person. Yeah, he's not a jerk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He's not an alpha hole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad that he gets oh. a little more. Yeah. I, I was hoping that, yeah, he'd get some sort of date or something. Because by the end, we find out like, oh, Stacy's got a date. Who is it with? And find out so it's not with Mitch. Aww. And then I was like, well, then there's only two men in this town. Who the <laughs> fuck is it with? <laughs> I so, was hoping it was Mitch, too. <laughs> so the spoilers, to Mitch, they Mitch seem like gets get it along. on with April. <gasps> the third oh. book is Mitch and April. Wait, the niece? No, the sister. The sister. Oh my god, yay. The sister needs that. You know, she went through that yeah, horrible yeah. crash. She really needs a guy like Mitch. I feel like yeah, yeah. these people are my friends yeah, now. She's sort of she's really sort of grumpy and a, down to earth. And mm -hmm. she's he's like wacky and fun, yeah. but not like irresponsible fun, just good yeah. time. Ooh. It's called Grumpy Sunshine. <laughs> oh <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's the grumpy, he's the sunshine. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a trope. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's got a kilt. <laughs> he's got a kilt. He kind of is supposed to be based off of Chris Evans. Oh, yeah, totally. I oh, see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you see it? Yeah, oh, you see 100%. it. 100%. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was thinking more um, of Cam Gijaday or whatever his name is in uh, from Twilight. That's kind of who I was picturing. Hmm. I don't know who that is. Yeah. I've never mm. watched Twilight. Ooh la la. <laughs> Whoa, the romance lady hasn't watched Twilight. Look, I, I can see problematic what I I can I Thank can you. sniff off the problematic a mile of fucking way. Like the tale between ne <laughs> uh, necrophilia and bestiality. I can see it. <laughs> I wasn't into romance then. Mm. Um I was strictly a Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, with my Lord of the Rings fan fiction and everything. Mm. Uh, um, but way back then. Uh, I didn't get into romance till like a good mm, six years ago. 
Okay. I didn't get into it. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, three years ago, I was like, I'm going to start writing. Sure. I'm going to try and be a romance cool. author. Love it. And then, then I got into it, and I was like, this shit's great, and I'm going to speak <laughs> about it because y'all are crazy if you don't like it. Yes. It's Diana, a- you're not crazy. I, I love you to death. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, it's one of those where it's like, as, as I'm getting grumpier and grumpier, <laughs> things are like, oh, come on. Oh, just say something. Oh, don't do that. And it's like, all right, take the step back. This works on people for a reason. Let's just like, okay, maybe it's not for you, but what is this doing right? And what? how is this working? Yeah. And yeah, that was... That, that helped me a little bit of like, oh, understanding like, uh, as I'm thinking like, oh, I know where this is going to go. And it's like, bitch, of course you know where it's going to go. Yeah. That's the point. There, there's a point. So let's talk about the structure of a romance novel. There's the meat cute. There's the introduction between the characters. There's the meat cute. Yep. Or the meat not cute. Like the meat oopsie daisies. <laughs> um, there's the like getting together, find like understanding like you two are ground to each other there's the like love like the high point um there is the uh we done i done fucked up something bad's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and then there's Mm -hmm. the end where resolution happens and they kiss and make up and happily ever after Mm -hmm. there's like a 20-step process (laughs) if if you really look at it like there's there's like the breakup there's the shields Mm -hmm. up there's you know, confessing your dum dums, um, and then just getting it all together, and it's it, he, and that's that is a structure. Yeah, you can you can mm-hmm. you can fuck with it all you want, but that's the structure. And to be a romance, you need to hit it, mm. and um, then hit it, and then hit it in between. Yeah, sometimes there's one, mm-hmm. sometimes there's multiples. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know, depending on the heat level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find romance novels to be incredibly comforting. I find that when I have been in a reading slump and can't really get into anything, romance novels always get me back on track. They always like, Hmm. they always get me back into the practice of reading and into the rhythm of making reading part of my daily um, routine because they are uh, generally not super challenging as far as um like they're so readable you know like I, yeah they, you get hooked like very early on and like you know s- certainly with like some romance no- authors i've noticed like every chapter is kind of a cliffhanger or something you know like and so mm-hmm. that is so helpful for me with like priming the pump to read other stuff when i feel like i just yeah. don't have you know have it together yeah, this is the book that i i this is the first book i've read in like since January. Wow. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know what? Last year, I was able to read a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, because what else were the fuck we were going to do? True. And then I got promoted <laughs> this year, and I have no time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I do have time, I'm tired, mm-hmm. and yeah. I need to record a podcast, or I want to play a video game, or I just want to go sleep. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I need to fucking write. Yeah. I need to fucking write. And mm-hmm. so this was like the first book that I was able to be like, and I, you know, it's a, and it's what I've read before. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. I'm going in blind. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen and I know I'm going to like it. So I'm going to read it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, I appreciated that was, I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, but the language is so simple and unchallenging. And it's like, 
yeah, but she's getting complexer ideas through in simple language that I don't have to like read the sentence three times. It's also like I can read it, put it down, yell at the kids at the beach, pick it back up or put it down, do something, answer the phone, come back. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know exactly where you are. Remember, I, and remember, I don't have moments. to start over the chapter because it's so complicated. It's like, because yes, I forgot what was going to happen because I forgot yes. what was happening. Roman, like, again, if you take four zillion days to read a romance novel, the author did it wrong. Like, <laughs> that, and they know it. They're like, romance readers, they read fast. Yeah. And they will devour your book. Yeah. If they cannot devour your book, they will not read it. Because this is not high mm-hmm. fantasy. This is not hard sci-fi. This is not The Expanse. <laughs> this is not fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is not, <laughs> mm. not any other, like, long-ass-winded, wheel-of-time weird shit. Like, this is a fucking romance novel. Yeah. And yet they can be sci-fi, and they can be fantasy, and they can be really, like, really eloquently written. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not supposed to take a month and a half. Mm. Just because you lost yourself. Like, you lost your train of thought in the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, this book took me two hours to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because I was just able, and that was the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, afternoon. Cool, I'm done. I love I'm that. Make dinner. Yeah. I love a book like that. That's so fun. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <sighs> and it leaves mm-hmm. you, it leaves you comforting. Mm-hmm. Well, I yep. just picked up the Duke and I. Which I'm pretty excited to read because I haven't watched Bridgerton yet. So oh. uh, we'll see how that goes. I actually could not finish that show. Really? Well, I... I <laughs> and I've never read Julia Quinn. Yeah. Um, but I just, I got into like the second episode and I was like... Okay. Um, I'm done. All right. Good to know. I'm like such I'm a... Done. Read but a lot of people love that show. Oh my god! And a lot of people love so those many books. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm kind of a real read the book before you watch the thing person. Like I just will put I off didn't a like movie. What they did with that cousin. Okay, well I haven't even started it yet, so I have no idea what you're talking about yet. <laughs> there's some there's some problematic stuff in it. Okay, because that okay. book was built in the early was written in the early aughts. Okay, okay, good to know. Um, I'll be on the lookout for that. I yeah I. I have put off watching movies and TV shows for years because I haven't read the thing that it's based on yet. Like, I just have a hard time with that. And if you like historical romance, you need to read Lisa Kleppis. Okay. Writing it down. Dreaming of You is one You're of the getting best. so many recommendations. I love it. And I'm just sort of like, huh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and I'll probably, like, look it up and read a summary and be like, oh, beat. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, February 4th. Sorry. It's called Derek Craven Day in Romancelandia because of the hero in Dreaming of You. Because Derek Craven is the hero of Dreaming of You from Lisa Kleypas. Lisa Kleypas is one of the best historic. Like, even Sarah McLean loves okay. Lisa. Like, she's friends with her, too. I'm on board. Um, But, yeah, Lisa Kleypas, like, those heroes okay. are so good. Ooh. They're so fucking good. I'm excited. I mean, Sarah, if you want to do another one of these episodes, talk about it. I'm down. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. I'm into it. <sighs> so anything else we want to talk about in this? Because I think we're we're about at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's 
I am a huge fan of romance as a genre. I agree. I think that it's been unfairly characterized as fluff or stupid. stupid. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. Smut. Yeah. Smut. Yeah. The boys called it smut once and I almost smut. flipped a table. Honestly, <laughs> like I'm not a writer, I'm just a, a casual reader of it, but I okay, call it smut. Like I don't care. Like sure. So is well, smut implies like it's lesser or dirty. Yeah, okay. Um, right. To me, sometimes, and I'm just like, but it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. It's definitely it's, not. It's 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 wonderful. It's, and if you look wonderful. at some of the sex scenes that are written by our famous white male authors in literature, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I I love it when people are like, so this dude wrote a wrote about a woman's. A woman's thing, and they laugh about it because they're like, "It's terrible." The physics don't like, even make sense. Like reading an anatomy <laughs> book. There was one with a scene in the shower, and they're like, "Our vaginas don't do that. We cannot tell if we are ovulating." Like, do you think we have a magical like? Oh, there it is. Like the egg just yeah. comes out of our ovaries. Like it does. That's not how it works. Oh my god! And you, so, you guys don't wake up in the morning and immediately start thinking about what your boobs are doing. No. They boobed boobily, rested boobily, yeah. like rested boobily down the stairs. Rested boobily down the stairs. Um, like we just can't tell if we're ovulating. I mean, we kind of no. can tell when like shit's happening yes. down there. Like that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but no, we just can't tell. Like, mm-hmm. oh, your sperm hit our egg. No, that's not how that works. We don't know. Like some of the things they write. Like, did you get your wife? to read through this yes. <laughs> like yeah. there was a there's a there's a guy the the author the horror author who um who wrote horror store mm-hmm. which is set oh, in like yeah. ikea yeah, yeah is it grady he hendrix wrote a book, yeah he wrote a book about um two preteens yes. like my best my friend's best possession friend, my best friend's exorcism. exorcism his wife read it and she goes no <laughs> And gave him her diaries from when she was that age so that he Whoa. could see exactly how oh my God. that age wrote. And that thought. is so, that's amazing, honestly. Like, so I love Grady Hendrix. Like, I've read, I've actually read all of his novels except for Horror Store. Um, but I, the, my best friend's it's exorcism. It's set in a store that's I, like Ikea. Yeah. And it kind of looks like a catalog from Ikea. Right, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. Oh, and I hate horror. That's it's the like, one that, the only one that I haven't read, but I absolutely loved my best friend's exorcism. I thought it was like, oh, such a great depiction of teenage girls. And like, wow, that makes perfect sense. And I'm, what a great like partner to give her his journals from when she was a preteen because I kept some journals and nobody's seeing that shit ever. <laughs> like, oh, hell no. That's terrible. I never wrote it because that, that would have been bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but Diana, I think you would really like uh, mm-hmm. We Sold Our Souls, which he wrote about a rock band who sell their souls to the devil in order to become famous and then 20 hey. years later have to like deal with the fallout of that. It's so good. Like, I loved it so much. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I've. You've got a recommendation out of this one. (laughs) All right. I I I like that. Okay. Yeah. Little Robert Johnson action. Something old for Diana. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And it's a period piece. I think it's from like the eighties. I think it's yeah. It's the eighties. Yeah. It's like set in the eighties or something like that. It's seventies or eighties. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's you're just like 
Yeah, this is how preteens actually talk. Mm-hmm. And his wife was just like, please, no, like you did it wrong. Here, just That's here's, so my, good. here's my bi- my diaries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cool. There's a podcast called Fr- Fuckboys of Literature. And <laughs> she talks about fuckboys. I love the fuck it. Fuckboys of Lit. That's so funny. Um, like Lord Byron. And yeah. she does do, they do go through Pride and Prejudice. And they figure out like, no, Darcy's not a fuckboy. <laughs> that is so uh, funny. I love it. Yeah, it's it's this one woman. Uh, she talks, and they do a horror story, mm-hmm. uh, a horror episode. So that's how I know about horror story and my best friend's exorcism. Oh, cool. I don't do horror. I'm a big old pussy. Yeah. I don't do zombie. <laughs> I don't do horror. No, thank you. Good night. I've read like um, a, I've I've read a couple. I've started getting into horror like last year uh, or two years ago, probably. And I've had a couple that was like that was too far. I'm not going to read that. Like Paul Tremblay is a fantastic writer. I will not read his books. <laughs> like they, the, I read one and I was like, I am good. This is terrifying. <laughs> and he's a fantastic writer, but I just can't do it. So yeah, horror yeah. horror is a hard one to like gauge what you're in for but Grady Hendrix mm. is like uh more comedy horror in a lot of ways like yeah, yeah. it's like fu- it's oh. like yeah. yeah it's it's a comedy horror like mm-hmm. which is nice because I I can do I can do comedy horror yeah. shit you need like, a little yeah, like, I gotta laugh yeah man mm-hmm. but like watching Midsummer, <laughs> like the first yeah. scene where her sister commits suicide it broke me and I had a lot of whiskey to make me through go through mm. that fucking that fucking movie. That um, yeah, that was a movie that I made that Sam watched, and then I made him tell me everything that happened in it, like every plot point, because I was curious. I wanted to know. Did I want to watch it? So I was like, watch it. Yep. Tell me everything yeah, that happens. We, we just talked about Insidious on thirty twenty ten. Yeah, and yeah, my problem is jump scares. I. I just don't like jump scares. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I hate them so much. And there's so many, like, that's a big part of Insidious. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, watch part of it, skip around, and okay. No, I'm Can good. I see the ending? Do they all make it? Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. That's Cabin cool in too. the Woods yeah. was a horror movie that I could get into because it was comedy. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. That was good. Um, but yeah. And then, of course, Faded Mates mm-hmm. is a great podcast. Learning the Tropes. Uh, that's a... A woman who's a veteran, and then her her guy friend hmm. is like the newbie to romance, and they talk about <laughs> oh, that's fun romance, um, and they get into it. They've been going through all of the Bridgerton books. Okay, um, Faded Mates is great, and their first season of Immortals After Dark, which is this amazing long paranormal romance series, is fantastic. Okay, um, I'm excited. And it had it's Sarah McLean and Jen Prokop, who is a reviewer uh-huh. for um, uh, Kirkus. Mm-hmm. Like they're friends, and they they talk, and they have other people on, like um, Tracy Livesey, some other uh, authors. They'll come on sometimes and talk about different cool. tropes and shit like that. So, uh, but yeah, like. I wanted to do my own type of podcast, so yes. this is what Whimsically Horny is. Yay. Uh, it's me Yay. doing what I love, because that's literally how podcasts and bullshit started. That's what they're for. <laughs> 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 like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Yes, person I've never met. I would love to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this is what this is. Cool. And I'd like to thank you to... Do you want to end this now? Sure, yeah. Going? Sure. Yeah, we can end okay. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I let, let me just say, I was... Tr- 
because this just does not seem to work for me very well, I did work on finding silver linings for stuff. You know, like I talked about, okay, the simple writing, there's a reason. Predictability, obviously there's a reason. I, okay, I get it. Not necessarily for me. I will absolutely unload come November on 30, 2010, because I just looked it up and that's when we have Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. You can there are no silver all day linings. Long. Go I for it. am going to go hell. <laughs> it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I think there's some romance tropes in there. And I, I'm i going to start like stretching out now, Ooh. man. I have so much to say about bad romance and how it relates to that. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, Gird your loins, America. Ger- yeah, go for it. Like, get on it. Because, like, most romance authors don't like Twilight. No. At yeah. all. They, yeah. they and don't. I, I feel like that's one of those things is, like, I, I haven't read the Twilight books, but I watch the movies because I like watching bad movies. And I feel like that got in my head of that's what, like, a lot of romance is. And I realized, no. And no, people see I, the same I was getting thing it with wrong. Fifty Shades of Grey, too. Mm. Right. Like they, is, they think that that is what romance is, and E.L. James, like she's she's very litigious. Um, mm. She does she does a lot of things for romance, but she does not like romance. Like people associate that book for romance, but that isn't. Like she is not. She's like, nope, not romance. This is not romance. Yep. And it's the same thing with Outlander. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Twilight. Like, people are like, this is what it is, right? And then people are like, f- f- no. No. Mm. But yeah, you can yep. go off on Twilight all fucking day long. Most romance authors yeah. will be like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Off you go. I feel, it, I feel like that, that has... Ex- I, I have definitely extended my understanding of the genre a lot more out of this, like, Neh. And, oh, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey drive me extra crazy mm-hmm. because so many people trash them because they're popular with women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. Trash them because they suck. Yes. Amen. Why and a don't lot make of me defend them? <laughs> came out of fan fiction. Yes. A lot of really I good romance that. authors, like Christina Lauren, who are actually two women. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them came out of, like, I wrote fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And fan fiction is just fun. Like, it's a nice dessert project. Fan fiction um, is, like, yeah. just like a lot of writers in Hollywood write spec scripts. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. Yeah. I mean... No, I will defend fan fiction <laughs> pretty hard, even though so much of it is so terrible. It's so terrible, but, yeah, but there's some stuff that's really good. But, you know, as a writing exercise, taking established characters that you already know very well, that seems like a great place to start. Don't take, don't, don't have that uphill battle of building characters. Mm-hmm. Just start with, mm-hmm. you know, ones you know, and hopefully don't just insert yourself and make out with the guy that you like. Mary Sue? <laughs> Yeah. That's a term that gets thrown around too much, but yeah. (laughs) All right, ladies. Thank you so much for being on with me. I appreciate it. I especially, I love having other women on podcasts with me because I am the only femme (laughs) in PMB. I'm I'm sure sometimes you understand that very well. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, we we have to, (laughs) we have to gang up on Chris sometimes. Yeah, I mean. You know what? (laughs) He deserves it. it. Do it. I will also help you because I love ganging up on Chris too. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little tougher when it was, you know, just me and a bunch of dudes and they wanted to talk about wrestling. And I'm like, oh, oh boring. And now, I have, now I have Sarah so we can both make a face and be like, Chris, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to hear this. Let's go. 
Um, <laughs> thank you so much. This was Whimsically Horny. Uh, I am Kayla. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at, at Kay- Kayla Neal Writes. You can find Diana at Twitter on. At Listening Nerd. Oh, L-E-C-I-N-E. Sound like a robot. Oh, am I doing the yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay, let me drop out and come back. Okay. This happens a lot on 302010. For some reason, she oh. sounds like a crackly robot. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Almost got to the end without turning into a robot. You can follow me on Twitter at listenanerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow our show 3020 pe- our show thirty twenty ten podcast at 302010podcast. And I don't know when this is going up, but we're starting to head into the spring and summer. We got a lot of good movies from 1991, 2001, and 2011. Really good stuff. Great. Very exciting. You can find PNB at PNB Cast on Twitter. We also have a Patreon, Patreon slash PNB. Um, yeah, and you can follow the boys on wherever Twitters they are because they're not on this podcast except for Robert. It's irrelevant this them. episode. Don't worry about it. Wenches <laughs> before nice. whatever <laughs> follows wenches. That's the wench life for me. And good night, everybody.